Well, welcome to the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach of TopFunky.com, and today we're very glad to have Thomas Fuchs of Miraculous and Scriptaculous, all the amazing things that you see JavaScript doing on your Rails sites and many, many other sites. Uh, he's done a lot of work with that, and he is a uh, web and software programmer out of Vienna and has been doing uh, software development for about the ten last 10 years or so. Welcome to the show today. Hello. <laughs> I and many web programmers just hate JavaScript. It's hard to debug, works oddly on different browsers, and sometimes doesn't end up doing what you think it would. And yet the kinds of things that you have developed not only have made us take a second look at JavaScript, but maybe even enjoy it. Now, how did how did that all start? Are you a sadomasochist and you just like working with really frustrating programming languages? <laughs> or uh, have you discovered something the rest of us haven't and uh, have made it do uh, made it do amazing things? Well, it's 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 fun. It's it's all started back in about 1997 when I was still a student at university in Vienna and we, so I and, and another student, uh, we did a homepage with this new thing, the internet and so on, and we did a homepage on Austrian beer. Wow. And, <laughs> and we just needed to, to make it a bit well, funnier or, or more, more enjoyable and not so static because, yeah, we thought it would be a good idea to, to have some more interaction in the page. And uh, I, I checked many sites at the time. Uh, I was completely new to internet development. And I stumbled upon a page on, on dynamic HTML, which was totally new at the time. And I guess that's where it all started. I implemented an animated layer of objects over the page with uh, small, tiny beer bubbles that bubbled <laughs> up through the pages. And yeah. So it started, and I I don't really enjoy writing JavaScript. I just want to to beat the browser to to make it do the things I want it to do, and it's yeah. <laughs> it's, if you finally have it your way, it's 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 really uh, rewarding. Well, that's great. Yeah, I remember in uh, right when I was getting out of college a few years later in 1999 or 2000, I was working for a company, and one of the people was just had done all, a lot of cutting-edge stuff with uh, that was only available in Internet Explorer, and he'd yeah. even make everyone in the company upgrade it to, you know, IE 5.2 so they could... Uh, mm-hmm you know do all the stuff that he was writing but at the time for some reason it just you know it looked cool but i just didn't have an interest yeah. in learning more about it so it's great to be able to to do 
all those kinds of things now did you work were you uh working a lot of the, with a lot of those things when you know internet explorer could do xml yeah. http requests before mozilla could or did you pick it up later when it you know with firefox no as a this is the thing I, I picked up later because uh, when I was in, 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 in a company after uh, I dropped out of university where, where we developed a product in, in Internet Explorer only and it, it was very heavy uh, dynamic HTML stuff. This was around the, the dot .com time in, in 2000, 2001. And it was also due to the dynamic HTML stuff, it, it, it was very JavaScript intensive, but we didn't use the XML HTTP request object at the time. This is, wasn't really necessary in the applications we developed. We relied heavily on frames and iframes at the time. Okay. And we Maybe we hope to make it compatible with, with Netscape, but this never worked out. So I, I got to uh, this Ajax uh, stuff really only when it caught on this year. So I, I somehow got back to JavaScript development, to heavy JavaScript development. Now, if I can recall, you know, in, in the ancient past, only about nine months ago in January or February when a lot of this was happening, but, you know, St mm -hmm. Sam Stevenson came out with the uh, prototype library and that got, got in, uh, incorporated into Rails pretty quickly. And then you you took that and, and built a lot of these other effects on top of it of, you know, blind down and fading and, and things like that. Did you, were you working together with Sam at all or did you just say, hey, here's, here's a base I can build from and I'm going to do this other stuff that I think is interesting. At the beginning, the, 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 the effects I did uh, were part of prototype, but they are now uh, separate from it. But So I obviously worked with, with Sam, not too interwoven, but I just <laughs> uh, gave it to him. So it's at, at the time, I, I, I was looking for a framework uh, to build an application uh, I wanted to build. And uh, I looked through all sorts of web development frameworks and, and, and stumbled upon Rays, which was becoming quickly the, the hottest uh, development framework around. And just at this time, the, the, the prototype uh, JavaScript framework made it into Rays, and it, it was a perfect match. And the, the effects were somehow just born out of the project I do and uh, which will soon be revealed. <laughs> well, and also I should have mentioned this earlier, but you wrote the, uh, yeah, you wrote the chapter in the uh, Agile web development book on Web 2.0 and... Uh, yeah. And how to do all that with Ajax and and although well some of the uh, some of the effects made it into there as well. There was an interesting experience with, with with writing the chapter in the book because it it was all it really was extremely fast going 
everything. It's it's uh, I stumbled upon a race in, in February or so, and uh, two months later I was busy writing a chapter <laughs> in a book on it. So wow, it's, it's really exciting. That's great. Well, obviously, you know, you've you've taken some things and take it taken it one step and a lot of people have extrapolated out from that and said well hey if we can do all this why don't we just recreate all the sliders and drop downs and list boxes and whatever the other kinds of widgets we're used to using if we're building a cocoa application or a visual basic (coughs) application or something like that and let's make web pages that look just like a regular desktop program do you think that's a good idea and a, a good direction to take websites or would you say that that's that websites should look different and maybe even work different than normal applications i think that really depends it's what what i think about this is that the web is a is a medium that's is about 10 years in the mainstream users expect something from the web but also that the web uh, develops. It's not static, and it's not in some box. It's it. It really must find its own language of communication to the users, as every medium must do. When the first newspaper was made, they didn't have the perfect layouts in the first issue, and this takes time to develop. And I think that the web has now reached a point where where all this is setting into place with really there there are the possibilities now to to explore this further. So you will have business applications that just look exactly like desktop applications, which is fine, but it's it doesn't use all the things the web can do. And you have uh, web to zero applications that uh, take the traditional desktop applications, all the, all the good stuff out of it, the uh, fast response times, the, used it together with the finest stuff, what, what the web can do. So uh, I really think there's much to explore and, and I hope I, I can just contribute to that with, with the Scriptaculous library. It is great just to have some some basic tools like that which do interesting things in themselves but then can be combined and, and opens up a whole new new way that things can work and uh, new ideas. Speaking of which, looking out there, obviously you sent this uh, up the flag post and su- tried to see if anybody was going to salute it, and a lot of people did, and they're using it all over the place. What's the uh, coolest or most interesting or, or most shocking use <laughs> of the libraries that you have seen? And I guess I'm going to take that question for myself and say the the coolest stuff i've i've seen has to be on your site you had a you recreated asteroids or no was it was ast- anyway recreated a video game <laughs> and then extra effects for uh presentations and stuff like that but other than your own stuff what other things have you seen that have been interesting uses of it the, the nicest use of it uh, has to be in the, in the upcoming Chocit application that okay. seen a little insight, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll all see. Yeah, so you you probably can't say too much about that, but that's uh looks very interesting. Uh, Chalk.it, some kind of interesting uh, collaboration software coming up there. 
One thing that uh, I like to watch people using computers just, you know, for, with a variety of different skill levels so that I can get an idea of where the average non-technical person is at. And it seems to me that while all these things, all these uh, different effects and new ways of working with with websites can be a, a benefit and could make websites a lot easier to use, which you talk about on your your website, it also is just a different way of thinking for people and can be maybe confusing. In your experience, do you think people have had to learn how to use different kinds of effects and that kind of thing on the page as users, or do people pretty quickly pick that up and use it? I think it's it's more the learning curve for the for the for the developers and the this, this, and the designers. It's the user shouldn't have to think very much about how to use a website. It, it should be obvious. And if you really use the the effects and and use uh, uh, more advanced controls than you normally have on a website, uh, it should be very well thought of why you use it and how you use it and how to make the experience for the user in a way that the user just instantly gets it and or shouldn't have to think about it for more than say <laughs> 10 seconds uh, it's, it's it's really more a learning curve for the, for, for the developers and designers the designers must rethink everything they know because there are more, more, more possibilities than ever before now. Uh, with my library, with other libraries that are out there, and with Ajax, and the designers really have to think about how should forms be designed now, how can we, say, display error messages better or display this or that better. And also the developers. The developers, in my opinion, are really responsible to let the designers in into this knowledge. Because if they don't work together well, uh, nothing will come out of it. Nothing good, at least. Of course, the, the users will get used to it. They always do. So <laughs> uh, the more and more the stuff is used, it's the normal run-of-the-mill users will uh, take all this for granted. So it's maybe maybe you can compare it with the experience of, of, of switching from Windows to to the Mac, where on the Mac you have some things are different and and there's a lot more of drag and drop and there are some nice effects that just look nice, but or they don't just look nice, they, they have some important visual feedback for the user. For example, when you minimize a window, you see exactly where the icon is going. So you can remember it more easily later, or stuff like that. So it's sure it's different, but I think the, the users can handle that. If, if it's implemented in a way uh, so they don't have to think too much about it. And it seems like some things people pick up pretty quickly. For example, uh, you know, the whole sortables. If I just give them a little <laughs> movie of, of how to do the 
to drag things ar- around in a list and they love that and they think that's the yeah. best thing ever and, it, and it's easier for them to pick up and it makes them feel much more mm-hmm. powerful when they're they're using whatever site I'm making for them. Now, I know this isn't your fault, but I'm going to bring it up y- anyway and maybe you can help help explain this for me. But, you know, I first learned or well when the article came out by Adaptive Path and they decided to call call it Ajax and a lot of people s- started getting hyped up around that. I thought, well, you know, I'll see what I can do. So I cobbled together some different scripts from Apple and uh, different websites and, and made a little thing that that worked for some of the sites I was doing at the time, which was in Perl. And I had it so that you could actually, it was actually XML being sent back. And by default, you'd just get whatever content, you know, whatever rendered view type thing that you wanted. But you could also send different values back in the XML. And at least the way that Rails handles Ajax, it's not really XML, XML at all. And it seems like it would be a cool, for example, send a form, have it fill a uh, a little div, and then if there were errors, you know, generated by you know validates presence of or whatever, that maybe those errors could come back in XML, and your JavaScript could be aware of that. But the way Rails is right now, and the way it works together with with Prototype, it doesn't do that. Do you fit? So the question is. Do you feel like that was just kind of an, a necessary evil that they were uh, to make it as simple as possible and for people to be able to use Ajax with Rails as easily as possible? Or do you think, hey, maybe in the future we need to rethink this and bring back XML in our Ajax so that we can have multiple kinds of values coming back to our application? I think that the way it's it's now is a very good way because it's 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 a very pragmatic way. It's totally easy, and it's it's really too sim- It's really simple to get it. It's it's really the easiest way imaginable. So uh, if you're starting to 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 use XML or other data formats to send back data, you're building a new layer into the application that just make things more complicated. And I think that's really, really not necessary. These layers that you have of, of the view of the application and the business logic and so on, these are all in your race project. What the, server, what the, the browser gets is, is more or less a, a view of the view. So even if, if there is some View logic inside that runs on the on the browser. You shouldn't put too much uh, view logic into it. So it should really go back to the server and ask uh, ask for what it needs. So some some techniques uh, have I used for this. Uh, I use this too. I I generate JavaScript dynamically with the Race application. There are some helpers for this. Okay. And I. This gets sent back to the browser, and the browser just executes that. So, if you say you want uh, a form that has arrows to, to to let it indicate which fields have the arrows, you can send JavaScript that just marks the fields or, or blinks the fields or something like that. So, of course, for this for these things, the maybe should 
into new helpers and, and, and stuff like that should get into arrays, but this, this is also a problem with, with web frameworks because you really have so many different kinds of applications you can do. It's really best to start with a, the very simplest thing, but not to add too much to the framework because it will just get bloated and bloated and it, it should be easy to do to not do the tedious tasks that that should be moved away from the developers of the, this all this underlying stuff and you, know, you should get really good components for say parsing query data or accessing the database or uh, for example, the autocomplete control is a, is a very nice example, which does most of the time does just the thing you, you wanted to do. And if you wanted to move beyond that, you can easily add your own helper that's, that uses the underlying spectacular object. That's a good, good point, because definitely Rails is built around, like it says, conventions and a certain idea, but nothing stops somebody from using a separate Ajax library or, you know, rewriting yeah. some helpers or something to do completely, something completely different, although that would make it harder for newcomers to then pick up that application, but it, it's flexible if somebody wants to extend it. You, uh, you started spreadinggoodwill.org and uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe, maybe just last week, you uh, went ahead and open sourced that and put put the code out there for people to use and which definitely uses a few different uh, visual effects but it certainly hasn't gotten the attention of 43things.com or other types of uh, websites like that and yet you've got people all over the world who've posted to the uh, that site has so far has it lived up to your expectations and uh, this may sound a little cynical but do you think uh, world peace and harmony are even possible I think it, it, it has lived up to my expectations. It, it was really a pet project and uh, it's it's something that, that needs time to catch on and if it just influences the lives of, of a little, some people, it's, it, it don't have to be thousands. It's If it's one one person that's, that is influenced by it, uh, we, we've won completely. So <laughs> it's, it's has sure lived up to my expectations and maybe we'll add a feature too in the future but yeah to <laughs> come to the cynical part <laughs> uh, I think that's that's just what we choose what we want to have in this world and uh, I think if I, if I can do something like spreading goodwill.org why not do it it's 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 really it's wasn't much work, and I think it's a good thing, so maybe we can do it. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, for everyone else, if you haven't checked it out yet, spreading-goodwill.org, or uh, it's, it's linked to from Scriptaculous, so check it out. Well, finally, uh, you have not stopped to just uh, rest on your laurels. You have continued to add new features, and perform extra little uh, experiments and extend the libraries. Where do you see uh, the Scriptaculous libraries going from here, or what new kinds of features or implementations do you hope to 
see in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we have some contributors now, so uh, the next version will see the, the, for example, the, the in-place editor, which you may know from Flickr. Yeah. Uh, a control like that will, will make it in. There are also Rails helpers for this uh, from John Pearson. And uh, some other things will make it in that the effects will hopefully be uh, more compatible and, and will, so to speak, repair the damage to the CSS it, it does while running afterwards. So you can really have the effects as fire and forget effects. So you can be sure that it doesn't change your uh, DOM and, and CSS permanently, but only while the effects are running and so it's, it, they should get even easier to use, so there are not so many hidden caveats and pitfalls with it. I mean, there are not many now, but we, we really work hard on that. Also, there is a interesting thing with uh, unit test framework that's still in, that has uh, some support for automatic unit testing of JavaScript. So you just uh, run a RACA and uh, it executes the RACA file and it automatically starts Safari and Firefox and does all the testing inside and just reports back what worked and what not. And there's also support for Internet Explorer on C and for Conqueror on Firefox and Linux. So that may be a nice thing in the future. Um, I've also done a sort of uh, proof of concept application called Ghost Train that can actually record what you do in a web application, this works in Firefox, and makes test scripts out of this. So this may be a thing for the future, so you can really have automatic testing of your applications just by recording what you do and telling it afterwards to rerun your tests automatically. This is something that may come. I don't know yet because it's I'm, I'm very busy at the moment <laughs> developing uh, our application here. I mentioned this earlier. So there are some things I haven't open sourced yet. Uh, will do that probably when my application is out and it's well tested and so the best is yet to come well that's great very exciting uh definitely doing unit testing of javascripts you know i i'm not sure if many p people would have even thought or dreamed of that and yet would be incredibly useful and i saw that mentioned on your website the other day Care to tell us about your up, upcoming project, or is that top secret and we should just <laughs> look at it miraculous and let you announce that when it's time? Uh, it's <laughs> I just say I will announce it in time. So, <laughs> all right. Well, but it's it it will really 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 polished and nice looking application that's that's really using Ajax and the effects to make life really, really easier for the user 
for this kind of application, which I can't talk about it, but <laughs> it, it will really, hopefully, <laughs> uh, will make an impact. Well, that's great. If it's half as good as all the other uh, projects you put it out put out recently, I'm sure it'll be amazing. So we'll look for that in the future. Well, thank you for uh, taking some time out of your busy day today and uh, joining us here on the broadcast. You're welcome. And again, thank you for all the stuff you've done. It's one of the things I just enjoy about uh, working with Rails is feeling like I've got tens, dozens, hundreds, or, th of, or thousands of other uh, programmers who are five times as brilliant as I am and are putting out incredible stuff that I can then use in the future. So definitely makes my job a lot easier. Thank you for uh, joining us for this issue of the Ruby on Rails podcast, and we'll see you next time.